Good day. Welcome. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. Continuing on. Back at it again today. The day after. The day after Luke Fickle is introduced as the uh, the next head coach of the, uh, the Wisconsin Badgers. And you've got the Packers off today. Back in the practice field again tomorrow. And in addition to that, you also have uh, Bucks basketball, which is uh, in full swing. College hoops that are in full swing. Ben Kenny producing the program. How you doing today, Ben? I'm good, Bill. I'm fighting off a little bit of illness, frankly. Yeah, I think well, I'm still every recovering. Time you travel, you, if you go to on a plane, pretty much everybody gets sick after yeah. you get off the plane. I think I'm still recovering from Thanksgiving. Not a lot of sleep, a lot of food, yeah. a lot of alcohol, and yeah. you know. Still recovering, but aside from that, I'm great. This is big drinking family, or just uh, just yourself going out in the belt. Eh, mostly myself. Wouldn't say the biggest okay. drinking family. <laughs> okay. Not so in a weird were way. You in, were you impressed yesterday with Luke Fickle? I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't like to make sweeping assumptions based on introductory press conferences. Like there are some people that knock it out of the park and then turn out to not be a good hire. And there are some people that are the opposite of that. I guess a lot of what I already thought was confirmed. Like, he is he is good at getting people excited. He's good at getting boosters involved. He's a great face for the program. But I kind of already thought that, and then it confirmed it yesterday. But no sweeping conclusions from it. Were you surprised when the, uh, the announcement came that, oh, by the way, we're going to get new practice facilities? That had already been announced a little while ago. They've been working on that for a while. Right. Well, it, it's it's like uh, I, I you heard the the the, the fact that they were going to get these new practice facilities, but I think when Luke Fickle comes in and says I'm taking the job, it's like full steam ahead on getting the funds raised for that, full steam ahead on recruiting, full steam ahead on putting this program back on the track, and full steam ahead. He didn't talk about winning the Big Ten. It, it, this was about national championships. Did I mean he, I, the fact that he brought that up? made me go, whoa, wait a minute. This isn't about same old, same old, just getting to a bowl game. You know what I mean? Kind of. I They used the word championship loosely. So I think it's kind of up for interpretation. Like, he didn't come on and say, I'm going to try to win national titles. He didn't do a right. Barry Alvarez, everyone get your seats before they're gone speech, which I'm, I'm fine with because we don't know what it's going to look like exactly. Um, I, the, I, I think... What it's going to look like is you've got Wisconsin probably third, fourth in the Big Ten. Once they go to just, uh, you know, the top two going to be playing for the Big Ten championship, you're going to end up seeing Wisconsin forcibly chasing Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Penn State to a certain extent, USC to a certain extent once they come in. But you're, I, I get the sense that this is not about being fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. This is about getting to that same level. And don't you think, uh, and I, I had a friend of mine yesterday text me when he was listening to the press conference. Now, I didn't get a chance to hear it personally. I waited till last night to listen to it, uh, live that is. Um, don't you get the sense that, I mean, he's got all the respect in the world for Ohio State. He's from Ohio. He went there, everything. Don't you get the sense that there's this, Cincinnati was never going to be the stick in the eye to Ohio State. But don't you get the sense that he's like, okay, I'm in the Big Ten now. And we're gonna, this, this is a prominent program. Like, he couldn't recruit Michigan by going to Michigan State. He couldn't have made that program more prominent than Michigan. But Wisconsin, 
I think this is the reason he talked about that being a destiny. You know what I mean? Like, okay, now I've got a legitimate program in the Big Ten, and I'm going to be a pain in your ass over there in Ohio. Yes to the last part of it. The recruiting part's hard because if he had gone to Michigan State, like they live on a somewhat recruiting hotbed, and they live a lot more closer to better high school players, and obviously Cincinnati in Ohio does as well. I think the one challenge he'll see is yes, the goal is to try to get to a level of Ohio State or beat them once every how many years and maybe get into a Big Ten title game and win it. I think the problem he'll realize is the state of Wisconsin doesn't produce the players to do that. So how do you bring in that talent? Oh, I think he's already got the portal into that area. That's just it. I think he's got the portal into that area. I think that that area already is he, he's got the relation. He built relationships, as we heard Mo Egger say yesterday, he built relationships with with those those a lot of those high schools in that area, in that 300-mile area. He's, he, he built those relationships. So I think he's going to draw on those and pull some of those kids out of that state. I think he already knows that recruiting area in the north. Uh, although you're not going to go get the blue chippers, we'll say, out of Michigan because most of those guys are going to either go to Michigan or Ohio State. But I think he's going to get, instead of getting the five stars, he'll get the four and the threes. And then, obviously, he's been good at developing talent. So, And I, I, I just have this feeling that this whole upper Midwest now kind of becomes it's between him and Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Ryan Day and they've got their choice. And you've got a little bit of Bielema in there now that Illinois is making a run. Bielema is going to be obviously trying to pick out the uh, the best of the best and some of those prolific players coming out of the, uh, out of uh, Illinois. But I think when you start to look at prominent football programs, uh, I think those three right now in the upper Midwest are going to be the three that are going to be, be picking, so to speak. At least that's my perception. Just because I've heard over the last 24 hours, really 48, I've heard so many good things about Luke Fickle being on the recruiting trail and the way he sets it up. Now, the one thing that uh, is going to be paramount is the fact that they Wisconsin has got to step up their game when it comes to putting money into the recruiting, uh, into the recruiting uh, activation in the portal as far as the, uh, the NIL. So, because they're going to be going to be competing directly with obviously those bigger schools. But, uh, but no, I was, I was thinking, we're going to hear from uh, Luke Fickle, but I, I was excited for some of the things that he had to say. Uh, I was excited. Uh, we got Rob Reichel coming up today in about 45, 50 minutes from now. We'll talk with him about what we witnessed this past weekend with Packers. Also moving forward, Zach Heilprin's going to give us his thoughts on the Badgers and the hiring coming up here in the, uh, the noon hour. Got our power rankings coming up today. But like I said, you're going to hear from Matt LaFleur, Luke Fickle, Chris McIntosh today as well. So a lot going on, uh, a lot going on there. Uh, but I did want to get the the reaction uh, from Badger fan that heard Luke Fickle, and we're going to hear some of his stuff coming up here in just a little bit. Um, but uh, I I'm really interested to what you've heard over the last 24, 48 hours. What you heard yesterday from Luke Fickle. Give me your reaction to the to the hiring of Luke Fickle as the uh, new head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Uh, I got up early this morning. I was up, I got about 5, 5.30, and I went over to see uh, Doc Levine, who uh, I had uh, some wisdom, or not wisdom teeth, but my crown work done today. 
and, and I got uh, for whatever reason it's a long story, but I had to have to wait on it one more time. So I was over there early this morning, and uh, between him and the assistant, now Ben, when you go to the dentist and you say this is what you do for a living, and they start talking sports, but yet you've got gauze and fingers and tools in your mouth and you can't talk, is that not crazy or what? Oh, it's very much crazy. I don't yeah. usually say I do this for a living. I, I say right. something much more boring so they don't talk to me. Well, my uh, my doctor was an advertiser, so he knows. And uh, right. his he's got a new assistant, uh, and she does a lot of the, uh, like the sculpting work on crowns and all that kind of stuff. So he comes in, checks you out, pops off the old one, gets ready to put on the new one, and then says, okay, I'll talk to you later. And then she comes in and then forms up everything you need, and then off you go. Anyway, so he sits down, and it is uh, the discussion of Joe Barry. Uh, I mean, this guy's like adamant. Like, why in the hell can you not fire a defensive coordinator to make a statement in the middle of the season? That is so bad. And I, got, I started thinking about it. I thought, you know, because he, he brought up a good point. He said, because all you're doing is giving a guy with a bad philosophy, a bad mind, and a bad scheme four, five, six, seven more games to instill into people, those players, things that you want them to forget once he leaves. Bad philosophical decisions. Once, once he leaves, you don't want that anymore. So why do you give him four and five and six more games just because he's your friend, because he's your buddy? And I started thinking about that. I thought, you know, it's tough because you don't want to fire anybody midseason and be known as that guy because then it's – it might be tough to get guys to come and work for you. But then again, it's like he said, he's like, look, there's only 32 jobs in the whole National Football League. And all these assistants are out there dying to be coordinators. They have philosophies. They have ideas. Go find the best one to come in and start kind of taking this thing over as soon as the season's done. In the meantime, the guy that's got the bad philosophy, the bad mental into it, the, the, the guy that doesn't challenge your players, the guy that is just dumb in certain circumstances and situations, why would you allow that guy to stick around? And I started thinking about it, and I thought, you're right. This is like allowing a bad salesperson to remain on your staff to drag your ass down and teach your salespeople the incorrect way, knowing at the end of the fiscal year you're going to fire them anyway. Why would you keep them around? Because if, if it's about a business, it's about business. Now, he also gets on Mark Murphy for making bad decisions, and I said, wait a minute. Either Murphy is out of it and you don't want him in it, and and when things are good, it's all the floor and all good against, or when things suck, it's all Mark Murphy. You can't have it both ways. What Mark Murphy's responsible for is the overall fiscal financial responsibility and success of the franchise, not just the team, but the franchise. Whether it's marketing, development, you know, influx of income, that's what he's responsible for. So ultimately, he's done a good job. The product on the field in a season has suffered. I agree with that. Completely agree with that. In a season has suffered. But overall, the product's making money hand over fist. The development of the Titletown District, the development of the structures around Lambeau Field, the development of Lambeau Field, the additions of Lambeau Field, the expenditures that they've done, the buying up of property, the uh, the ability to generate revenue, all of that, he's done. He's done it extremely well. I can't argue with that. Neither should any of you. And the reason being is because you you don't have an owner. This team was at the precipice at the end of Bob Harlan's tenure. 
of possibly leaving had they not gotten the Brown County tax pass. What Mark Murphy has done is expound upon the business. Now, I know people are rolling their eyes going, oh, God, give me a break, you know. But it's the truth. When you think about it, you don't have a pocket of money to draw from like a Jerry Jones or anybody else for that matter. You don't have that. You don't have the Rooney family. You don't have, uh, you know, the Mara family. You don't have any of those That's that's that have other big businesses that keeps all of that afloat. You just have the Packers and their own operating expenses. So Murphy's done a decent job. He's done a really good job, actually, when you talk about the development uh, overall around Lambeau Field. Where you're suffering right now is the play on the field. So in the last championships, and probably letting Ted go a little bit too long, probably a year too long, and handpicking between Russ Ball, Brian Gutekinst, and then what they've done with Matt LaFleur. Now, nobody complained about it at the end of last season other than the fact that they came up woefully short and it completely ignored the uh, the special teams. And again, special teams being problematic all throughout the season and the reluctancy of Matt LaFleur to fire Mo Drayton, get rid of him completely, and move on and change philosophy. Same thing this season. It is an atrocious defense, and there is absolutely no reason, none at all, to keep Joe Barry around. None, other than the fact that you have to then shake up your staff. Responsibilities start to trickle down. Who's going to be the coordinator? Who's calling the plays? Who's going to be then elevated out of that group to take over an otherwise failing defense? And then whose responsibilities does that person that they currently have in-house become? So I completely get it. But it also is you have to worry about, as we worry about Aaron Rodgers and the ego and the feelings and all that, you can't have it both ways. It's either a business or it's not. Players love to talk about it being a business. Well, this is a business decision. I need to make money for my family. I can't feed my family on $20 million a year. Are you kidding me? I, no, I can't. It's a business. But then if you got guys that are mistreated or they're cut because it's a business, suddenly it's like, well, they don't have a heart. <laughs> you can't have it both ways. So it's either a business or it's a, it, it's, it's a family. It's a tradition. It's a storied franchise. It's something that you want to be a part of. You have to find that, that medium, that happy balance. I understand that. But too many times do we, we get caught up into the, one, it's a business, get rid of the bum, and two, well, you got to take care of them. So it, it's, if it's a business and Matt LaFleur keeps saying, oh, this is a business, this is the NFL, this is a business, you know, got to check the tape and this is a business. Well, if it's a business, then you get rid of dead wood. And if the, if the dead wood is so valuable to hang on to, floating out in the abyss, and you're hanging on to this dead piece of crap that's floating around out there, then you need to float away too. And, and at that point in time, if you got, it's like last year. We all knew the special teams were terrible. You saw it. I saw it. Everybody saw it. But you got to hang on to Mo Drayton. Why? Well, because. You can't give me a good reason. Oh, the guys like Pete him right now. Right, yeah, he's a positive Pete. He, that, he's a guys like him. He's a positive Pete. Okay, you know, be like a, a race car driver that just automatically takes a right turn and hits the wall every damn time. But you got to keep him to the end of the season because you know you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and cut him loose early. Meanwhile, he's crashing cars into the wall because he's turning right when everybody else is going left. I mean, come on. I can just hear Wayne Larrabee now. That's third and six. <laughs> Packers line up, trying to get the stop. 
Meanwhile, they got Jair and Stokes and Rasul and Kayshawn and everybody else playing 14 yards off the ball and a backpedal the minute the ball is snapped. Well, it's a quick out, quick seven-yard out to the receiver, first down. And, and Joe Barry's over there with his, he's on the he's on the field. Thank God he's over there with that sheet in front of him, and he's like going, "Oh man, I just I, I I didn't do the math real quick. Hang on a second, the game's flowing too fast. I can't do the math. I somebody get me an abacus uh, or one of those old calculators, or somebody call Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory to do some of the math for me. I can't figure this out. Why hang on to a guy that can't do math?" <sighs> Certainly, if you have a huge package. There you go. There you go. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Uh, now, here's one more, um, one more uh, thing when we come back, and I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, well, actually, it's two more things. Two more things. One, there was a thought that was given to me this morning also. Um, the uh, Aaron Rodgers, and you talk about thoughts of playing. And sometimes when you talk to other people that really aren't in the business and aren't in the know and they give you a perspective, you're like, oh, okay, I can understand that. Because you're always looking for something. But for those that want to see that, that want to see Jordan Love and what he's got versus protecting the feelings and the, you know, the competitive side of Aaron Rodgers. It was a really interesting discussion and dynamic, and I want you to hear it when we come back. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Some really, really good stuff today. Outside perspective today. When I leave the house, I find things. It's pretty cool. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome in. Bill Michaels show. Hanging in there. Uh, by the way, Mark uh, texted me. Uh, just a buddy, Mark. He said, uh, the game is on. He's over at the social house on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. He said, the game is on and had the cheese curd burger. Magnifi- magnifico- magnifioso is what he said. Hard for me to say. Magnifioso. So if you're out and about today, and uh, maybe for whatever reason on a Tuesday, you're kind of playing a little bit of hooky. Stop into the social house, H-A-U-S, where they have the uh, the game on. They have the tent outside, too. I drove past there this morning. It was on my way to the dentist. They had a big tent outside, uh, the heated tent for outdoor issues, outdoor dining. But they also have TVs outside, so which is cool. Because it's not a huge place. holds maybe you know 150 people. But uh, they, they do a great job over there. Really good job. 877-867-1670. Watcher says, I don't think people really hate Rodgers, but they're tired of the inconsistency and the excuses holding the team hostage every offseason. MZ says, Rodgers equals 10 playoff losses. MZ, don't forget, it also equals a ring. The thing about the playoff losses, and I think it's such a, 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 a crap and it's an easy way out just to say I hate, it's garbage. It's a garbage, garbage, garbage stat. You know why? Because they had no business being there. 
in 2014. None. He got them there. They, I thought, were the best team going into that that game in in, uh, Seattle by far. They had no business playing in Atlanta for an NFC Championship game. He got them there. So you can talk about, oh, my God, look at the losses. Now, the game against Tampa Bay, I get it. Absolutely. 100% agree. At the end of that ball game, he had opportunities. He did not play well. No doubt. He did not play well. Last year, the offense sucked. Didn't play well. I agree with that. But this whole thing about, oh, well, you know, he gets to the big game and chokes. First of all, in the biggest stage, he didn't choke. They won a title. And in the game against Seattle, didn't have a great game, but they should have won that game. Julius Peppers telling Morgan Burnett, go down, for whatever reason. Lost them that game. Going up and getting an onside kick. Rodgers wasn't on the field. Lost them that game. Micah Hyde, not knowing where to be on a two-point conversion, that he was even supposed to be on the field. Lost them that game. You can go through numerous plays that cost them that game. It wasn't Rodgers' fault. There's a lot, and look, I've, I've been somebody that at times have been really hard on Rodgers, but I'm not, that, that's crap. He's the one that threw the pass to Jared Cook on the sideline. I mean, a pinpoint accurate tiptoe catch right there, put him in position to win that game. Mason Crosby splits the uprights. They stunk that year. Their defense was not good there that year. They weren't, they weren't a better team. They shouldn't have beaten Dallas, but they did. They had no business being there. And they st- and then the next week, they were exposed by a much, much better Atlanta team. But there's games that you, you want to point the losses and go, ah, oh, well, he lost that game. But they don't get there without him. They don't get there without him. So, no, I, I, I think that's crap. I think that's a garbage way to say I hate. Well, look at his record. Uh, eight, seven, seven. Now, do I think that they could have done better? Absolutely. But I'm not going to lay all that at his feet. No way. No way. Keep it real, man. Keep it real. 877-867-1670. Let's go to Eric listening to us in Green Bay. Eric, welcome to the program, man. What's happening? Too much, Bill. Hey, you're a uh, man. You're the director of the band here. I, I have to agree with everything you just said, everything the previous caller said. I also have to add that it's not Rogers' fault that the officials fell asleep against Arizona and didn't notice two straight illegal hands to the face, face mm-hmm. mask, and everything else. It's not, not also not his fault that the officials didn't throw a flag when Alan Lazard was straight up tackled against Tampa Bay and, and uh, giving Brady a short field. That also wasn't Rogers' fault. Um, you know, so there's just, there is a, there's still, a faction of fans here in Green Bay, you know, probably led by uh, one track Dan, the jeering fan from Appleton, who still haven't gotten over the fact that the Packers let Brett go. They can't stand right. Rodgers because he replaced Brett still after all this time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that has created is, man, one of the things you heard around Green Bay, and I'm like Derek, man, I'm an older guy, okay? I remember when, and I was Rodgers fan because I'm a Cal fan. When they drafted Rodgers, I was like, holy cow, I can't believe the best quarterback, college quarterback I've ever seen at that time just fell in the Packers' lap. And the amount of vitriol in Green Bay, 
people yelling over the fence that they were going to shoot his mother. I mean, I don't know exactly if that was <laughs> right. crazy, crazy stuff. Because how dare you replace Brett Farr and our Iron Man, our Iron Man, Brett Farr, who has never missed a game. This guy is going to be a wuss compared to our Iron Man. So Rodgers has always had a thing in the back of his head that he's he's got to live up to the Iron Man, Brett Farr, because otherwise anybody around here is going to think he's a wuss. I mean, there's some coaching decisions, too. I mean, you know, LaFleur, he's won a lot of games, but then there's some things. It's like, okay, he leaned hard on Devontae Adams, but when it came to anything else, he didn't have his guys identified. I mean, in a playoff game, you're going to go to Daphne? You're going to go mm-hmm. to Deguara? Right. These guys haven't done a darn thing. They they all, they all both dropped two third-down passes that let, hit him right in the breadbasket that would have been first downs that killed drives. All right, and this year it's like, dude, what is Taylor even doing out there? You're, you're going to throw a pass to Bakhtiari? I mean, that was a yeah. bad pass. Not That was, yeah, that was, was a bad pass, but I, I still, still don't understand that Rogers call. Had it worked, we'd all been praising him, though. Had that pass to Bakhtiari worked, we'd all be going, oh, my God, what an incredible play call because nobody saw it coming. That's true, but even if it hits Bakhtiari right in the hands, can you count on him catching the ball? Has he ever caught a ball? No. Have you ever? I mean, that's what you're going to – I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if it hit him right in the numbers and he dropped it. Then we're going, <laughs> what you, we're going Bakhtiari? Really? That, right. He gets, he gets too cute, man. It's like, dude, identify who your guys are and then pound that until the other team proves that they can stop it. How many times this year we said, man, every time you put Doc under center and let him use play action, which is what he's one of the best at, you mm-hmm. pound the rock, it, it's working, and then he'll have Rodgers and shotgun and Jones standing next to him. It's like, man, this is just an exercise in obstinance. You're just going to make this happen your way. See, you can't, Just like you can't coach speed, you can't coach intuition either. And this guy, he doesn't have any intuition as far as the flow of the game and and the, he doesn't have a finger on the pulse of the game itself. It's like he's got his plan, sure, but then he tries to jam his plan when, you know, maybe it's not working. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I think it's just a rookie thing. He's a young guy, and unfortunately he's learning with the Packers. And Right. Anyways, Bill, thanks for taking my nope. call. Uh, have a great day, man. You too, buddy. Talk to you soon. He drops off. You get on board. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free. Matt LaFleur was asked, hey, Matt, would you make an, uh, Would you ever make that in-season coaching change? We're talking about maybe the possibility of Joe Barry. Here's what he said. It's unfortunate that we're standing, uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions because we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think we're capable of performing at. So certainly it was disappointing, but we're going to make all the necessary corrections, try to put the best plan in place for us to go into Chicago. And, you know, we got to play better, bottom line. Ben, I peed myself. That is... I don't really jump all over coaches. I mean, I do in the sense of, you know, hey, I'm going to take a look at the film and stuff, and you're not honest about stuff. I want you to take a listen to the, what. What about this comment makes you want to jump through your radio, jump into my microphone, climb up to Green Bay, and strangle Matt LaFleur when he says it, okay? Asked about Joe Barry and the possibility of making an in-season coaching change. Listen to this, what his answer was to that again. 
it's unfortunate that we're standing uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions because we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think we're capable of performing at. So certainly it was disappointing, but we're going to make all the necessary corrections, try to put the best plan in place for us to go into Chicago. And, you know, we got to play better, bottom line. Okay, I'm going to open it up to conversation. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to I'm going to open it up to conversation. When you hear that, what about that statement makes you scream? I mean like open up your window and just yell like like just a profanity for whatever reason like your neighborhood they're all just, you know, working about their day and all of a sudden just somebody hears like just something out the window that's just profane cuz it, it makes me want to do that. What about that statement when asked, why wouldn't you make an in-season change because Joe Barry not getting the job done? I want to know. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'm going to hit everybody over in the Bud Light live stream. You just heard it. So, right. Mike, you're the first one, but I, I'm, going to keep, I'm going to keep it going. Anybody that wants to call in, what about that statement makes you want to claw, claw your own eyeballs out? Make makeup, makeup, right? Eight seven seven eight six. Brett, listening to us in lacrosse. Brett, you're first up. Brett, what about that statement makes you want to wear a cup around so nobody uh, that actually heard it kicks you right in a beanbag? What about that statement doesn't make me want to? <laughs> it is insane that it's unfortunate that he answered it that way. And if you're going to do whatever you can to make sure that you're playing the best ball, Barry shouldn't have gotten on that plane. I don't care what you do. That guy's been junk all year taking Mm -hmm. what's on paper, one of the top defenses in the league, which, yeah, we can't do much about uh, injury. But regardless, he shouldn't have seen that runway and they should have left him in Philly Stadium. <laughs> well, the, fa- the fans well, would have taken care of that, that's for sure. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants him in Philadelphia, that's for damn sure. I appreciate the phone call. When, when, here, here's the thing. When you make that statement, Ben, play, when asked about making an in-season coaching change, in regards to the defense and Joe Barry. Again, one more time, for those that didn't hear it and haven't thrown up in their mouth a little bit, here's Matt LaFleur's reaction. It's unfortunate that we're standing, uh, that I'm standing up here having to answer those questions because we didn't win a game and we didn't perform to the level that I fully think okay. capable okay. of performing. Okay, okay, stop it, so. stop it, stop it right there, stop it right there. Because we win, didn't win a game? A game? A game. Did, did he? If they're ten and one or ten and two at this point in time, twelve games under their belt, we're not mad because you didn't win a game. You are second to last in rush defense in the National Football League. Second to last. Second to last. You're one of the uh, lower half in yards given up per game. 
per game. You are uh, in the lower third of the league in points given up per game. Your defense got ran on for 300-plus yards, and you couldn't cover a quarterback to save your life. You couldn't tackle if it meant that somebody was stealing your lunch money. Matt LaFleur, if Matt LaFleur is with his entire defense and they're at Festival Foods in Green Bay and Matt is getting, Matt's like, I'm buying dinner for everybody. Turkey's for everybody. And he's standing at the counter. And there's the entire defense standing by the front door, right? And Matt is like, okay, how much is it? And they're like, bloop, 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 scanning turkey. Bloop, bloop, scanning turkey. Bloop, bloop, scan another turkey. Bloop, bloop. That'll be $411. And just as Matt pulls his wallet out, somebody runs by, puts a snatch on his ass, and he yells to his defense, stop that guy. He lost all his money, and you got a pile of defenders standing in front of the door at, at Festival Foods looking at each other. And meanwhile, the bandit is in the car, down the street, Smokey's chasing him, and you got some bitch or whatever the hell that guy is that uh, smoking a band. He's trying to track him. They can't catch anybody. They're not tackling anybody. You think your money's safe at Festival Foods with a bunch of defenders standing around? Hell no. A game because we lost a game because your defense sucks. That's why we're asking the question. Ah! My God. Man, oh, man. Stop that man. He's stealing all my... Oh, never mind. He's out the door. Sorry about that. Standing up here. Sorry about that. To answer those questions because we Can't didn't win a game. And we-, we didn't win a game. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Stop that guy. Point. No, never mind. Yeah, he's he's got my he's got my credit cards. He's at the gas station. He's over at Quick Trip. Matter of fact, that bandit used my credit card at Quick Trip, typed in his own Quick Rewards number. We're going to pay him back on an opening drive contest. And and he's going to get even more money because he snatched up my credit card and uses Quick Rewards card over there at Quick Trip. And uh, and meanwhile, the defenders are all sitting there going, well, "We're not getting any turkeys. Where's the turkeys? We thought we were getting Christmas turkeys. No turkeys. Yeah, sorry. You know, maybe Rashawn Gary would have tackled him or Devondre Campbell, but uh, no, he he got away with all my money. I don't have any money left. I'm out. I got to save it up because <laughs> you know. Because of Joe Barry, I could be out of a job. But you guys are great. I love you guys. You guys help each other up. Uh, you knocked over that show snow, snow shovel display. Pick that up. Pick that up. And oh, I think you. Oh God, you guys knocked over the kettlebell ringer. Holy crap! Help her up too. Hopefully she's not hurt. There you go. Um, and then he turns to the manager of Festival of Foods and says, "By the way, do you got any videotape? I got to take a look at the videotape on that." And the manager of Festival Foods just says, don't, don't even use the tape, coach. Just, just, just go home. Just go home. Let's just, just, just go home. There you have it. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.